It's Wednesday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC. Football is on the air. Uh, my name is Vince Carter, and I am your host for today's uh, podcast. Today, we're going to finish up the series on one more thing. We're also going to get into some news and notes around the NFL uh, landscape in regards to some of uh, some of the rumors that are going on. There's a crazy one coming out of uh, Indianapolis that we'll hit on in a second. Um, the thing that I do want to talk about is um, we have another married person on the pod. Uh, Nico Miatello has Finished his wedding uh, situation in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and uh, you know now he is uh, relaxing on his vacation slash honeymoon, and uh, we hope to have him back within a week. And man, we are so glad, and we it's you know to send all your congratu- congratulatory tweets or whatever posts you want to call it. If it's X, you call it posts, whatever. Um, to my guy Nico at FRPC. I'm sorry, at Nico FRPC. Um, let's see, what else do we need to talk about? I guess that's it. Let's get into the football. Let's get into the football. All of it. We have played our last preseason games. Are you excited about your rosters? Um which fan bases are really excited are, are some of the questions that are going on. Um, you know, are you getting ready for your fantasy draft? Things like that. Um, you know, are you a betting guy? You know, what about that? There's so much to talk about when it comes to football right now. And um, I guess towards the end of the pod, I'll talk about like the schedule coming up. And maybe also what has transpired in a couple of the absences that we've had over um, on Monday or whatever case may be. So let's hit some of the news and notes. Um, there's a wild story coming out of Indianapolis, and I want to hit, hit on it real quick. So we know that Jonathan Taylor asked for a trade, requested a trade, got permission from the franchise to uh, seek, a, seek a trade partner and then what ended up happening is that I guess there were a couple teams here and there that kind of floated the idea of possibly getting with uh, Jonathan Taylor and and, and making a trade now none of that ended up happening Um, he is still right now with the Indianapolis Colts he's been put on the pup list so he won't even be able to play for the first four games of the year and the rumor that I want to talk about is that um, I want to get the reporter's name right. Uh, according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, the Colts have made a wild request, including asking for Jalen Waddle in return for Jonathan Taylor. So your owner goes out and basically says running backs are worthless. To a certain extent, he said, you know, their, their value has been diminished and because of, you know, the passing stats and the evolution of the, the game, whatever case may be. But basically, he just said that Jonathan Taylor was was not worth the contract that he was seeking. 
you can't then go ahead and then ask for a young wide receiver who has shown the ability to run routes and be explosive, which is something that a lot of teams seek in the NFL, that you would want that in return. You just said that your running back wasn't very valuable. Why would you expect the Miami Dolphins to give up on the second most explosive guy on their team and also possibly making one of the most scariest wide receiver duos that we've seen in in modern history? These are the things that I am really trying to understand. And I thought that I was going to have a... Uh, a victim in 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 Dallas and Jerry Jones. I've always kind of picked on Brian Gutenkus, but I think I'm missing the boat. Jim Ursay is a complete maniac. This dude is just a maniac. Who shows up at a training camp on like a twenty plus million dollar bus, and then says? Oh, yeah, my running back who, yeah, okay, he had a bad year last year. We definitely understand that. But prior to that, Jonathan Taylor had been a uh, a weapon, a weapon that they needed because their quarterback situation up until this year, and we still don't know because it's the, the jury's still out on Anthony Richardson. But he was a stalwart to your offense. Here's somebody that you could depend on in the passing game, and also in the running game. And he's not valuable to your franchise. But we want a an elite pass catcher back. You got to really, <laughs> you got to really have some balls on you or you really have to be incredibly, um, Not well-informed, maybe it might be the best way of putting that. It seems foolish to make these very cavalier statements about the the worth of your running back and then, before, prior to trading him, ask for a premium guy back. So, uh, Indianapolis is on the watch list for... Who's going to do some of the dumbest stuff in football this year? And I'm not talking about the team per se. I'm actually talking about uh, the owner. Um, looks like also that the Green Bay Packers also made a legitimate offer to pry uh, Jonathan Taylor away from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN reported that the Packers were so-called the mystery team that kept in touch with Indianapolis down to the wire. Uh, the Miami Dolphins had interest in Taylor, was well publicized before the Colts pulled the star running back off the market and him on the physical unable to perform list, so the pub list. Um, on the other hand, Green Bay's desire to trade Taylor desire to trade for Taylor was nothing short of a shock. 
Packers already have two, obviously, two running backs, which would be A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. So it would be interesting to figure out why they would do that. Now, uh, if you're saying you want to upgrade the position because of the fact that, you know, um, you just jettison your long-term franchise quarterback to the Jets, right? Or he left amicably or whatever you want to call it. You got Jordan Love there. You got a lot of young pass-catching receivers and tight ends there as well. I can see them saying, I don't think it's the greatest move. It's a head-scratcher. But if you want to kind of spin it and say, well, why would you do that? The reason I would say that is like the dynamic explosive play upgrade that you would get with Jonathan Taylor than Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones might be a more well-rounded back. So a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. You start to hear these rumors that come out. Some of them are erroneous. Some of them are legit. Uh, But it's intriguing to think that Green Bay was the mystery team for Jonathan Taylor. Um, Let's try to see if there's anything else out there. Oh, one of the weirdest deals. (laughs) Um, One of the weirdest deals that I saw yesterday when, um, and we'll talk about why we weren't on the air the last couple days, but Last yesterday, the the Patriots released Malik Cunningham, who was their QB three in the preseason, and also Bailey Zappi, who they drafted last year, and uh, was the incoming backup to Mac Jones. To see them cut yesterday was crazy, and then to see them now both of them on the practice squad. What is Bill doing? Like, I have no idea um, what this is about. Are they trying to save money? Are they trying to get them on the cheap? I don't know what it what it is, all of that it entails. But I will tell you this, is that when you cut quarterbacks like that, knowing that your offensive line right now is struggling through injury and also just development, they're not a cohesive unit yet. They have not played like that in the preseason. Um, all the beat reporters have been talking about it, just the struggles on the offensive line. The one thing that you don't want to do is then have your quarterback, albeit Mac Jones, not the most blessed in agility. Decent pocket presence. No doubt, gets the ball out fast, but not the guy you're saying, oh, yeah, it's okay. We can kind of just, you know, we'll go through the quarterbacks and see who's available and all this other stuff. So what does that tell you? What does this lead us to? Is there a trade coming? It just seems very far-fetched, and I know – Definitely, we have a whole nother week until football plays, right? But I think it's absolutely amazing to me 
that we are now sitting here Wednesday. And there is, we got two quarterbacks who were on the on the squad, now on the practice squad. I'm not saying they couldn't be called up. It's not super, super dire, but I would just think you would have a plan in place. Just a plan in place. That's kind of what I'm looking for there. See if there's anything else in the news today that we kind of need to go over. Oh, um, <laughs> San Francisco 49 fans. Hey, I know that you and I have had a real strange relationship with myself being a Ram fan and you being a 49er fan. Uh, what's going on with your guy, Bosa? Not in camp. Wants new contract. Can't get a new contract. Um, there are reports that Shanahan have dismissed trade uh, speculation. Um, I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to get some uh, boots on the ground with this deal. Um, yeah, basically, it's like I'm holding out. Want more money? Uh, there hasn't been a desire. For the franchise to say, go out and seek a trade. Uh, you have not heard that from his group. It's all about just getting paid. And uh, I don't think I've seen this much acrimony uh, with some of the players in them not getting their checks um, in, the, in the fashion that they're looking to. I haven't seen this in a while. I think the last time we really saw this type of acrimony was kind of more in like the mid-90s when the... Uh, when the quarterback contracts, when you were a first rounder, now I know some of you are younger, so you'll have to Google this. But there, there was at some point not a rookie pace uh, scale. So what we have now with the system is like you know your your first your first overall pick is slotted here, second here. You know there's wiggle room here and there, and obviously there's language in the contract that makes it different or whatever. But that is only something that has come by in the last couple decades. Now, in the 90s, you had all kinds of dudes. We had seven, you know, the seventh overall pick just hanging out until pretty much like into tra training camp and then trying to get himself into shape and acclimate, acclimate himself to the playbook. So this happened time and time and time again in the 90s. And maybe if I'm thinking about this correctly maybe into the real real early 2000s yeah i think think uh eli was maybe the last guy oh no bradford was the last guy sam bradford was the last guy to get the hey i'm the first overall pick i should get a huge contract i've never played a down in nfl football this sounds like a good idea to me what do you think so that was kind of in the late odds when that went down Right. So we got Boza holding out. We got uh Christian Wilkins holding out. Um or actually not holding out, holding in. Still not a contract for Christian Wilkins as well. Just a lot of upheaval going on in football. A lot of people really not excited about their station in life, which is amazing to me because they're all making a bunch of money.
But it, hey, you know what? As long as somebody is willing to pay you, that is what you're worth. So get your paper. I am for that. Uh, I think that's it for the news. Let's get to what we came here for. So we saved the last couple divisions in the AFC because I believe in a sense we saved the best for last, right? So we have the AFC North and the AFC East in the one more thing uh, little series that we're doing. So we're going to start off with somebody fun. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals for a second. Cincinnati has a great quarterback who's coming off a calf injury increase season. Joe Burrow doesn't seem to be too serious. He is when saying thumbs up, I'm good for week one. So we are there with that. One of the main things that has kind of gone on in Cincinnati for a long period of time is that they've been drafting well, um, but the offensive line has been one of the key factors to Joe Burrow's health. Uh, obviously, he got the ACL tear first year. You know, been sacked a lot throughout his career. So they went out and got Orlando Brown Jr. from the Kansas City Chiefs and formerly of the Baltimore Ravens as well. Now, here's the one thing about Orlando Brown Jr. He's a good tackle. I don't, I don't doubt that whatsoever. What makes him good is that he is huge. But I would say every once in a while, uh, I, if, if you wanted me to kind of quantitative you know, put it together for you. If you broke up the season into thirds, right? So you're saying six, six, and five. I would say that Orlando Brown Jr. is going to have one play four out of six games where the he's either going to forget the assignment or completely whiff and the defensive end is going to be bearing down on Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow has great pocket awareness. Uh, he's also a complete stud, captain-type dude, leader-type dude. Will take a vicious hit to get off a beautiful dime to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Or, hell, hey, even Boyd, right? But... I do believe this is a great. What they had last year wasn't sustainable. Jonah Williams moved over to the right side. You got Orlando Brown Jr. on the left side, and we'll see how it all works. I am still kind of in a situation where I would love to see maybe like a swing tackle, um, but it really isn't like their most – important need. The one thing that I would want for the Bengals is an off-ball linebacker with the ability to rush the passer and create uh, opportunities for their secondary. Their potential starting linebacking core amassed a total of four sacks last season. 
So that should tell you all you need to know. So, I mean, I know that we are coming up on next week where we're going to give out the, you know, the winners of the division. Where do we think people are going to go in the sense of, do we going to have trade speculation? Uh, We're going to have some gambling and some fantasy talk. There's going to be some fantasy talk on this particular podcast as well. So, don't you what don't you don't you worry it's all good it's all good it's all good and then we'll give you the uh schedule for the rest of the week but um let's get to the Cleveland Browns <laughs> Cleveland uh it's really the one more thing is basically for the fans it really is um last year they traded for a quarterback who was in a lot of hot water, um, legal issues abound. Uh, those have seemed to have gone away. Um, we have said on this podcast that we respect the victims, their privacy, and also what they went through. So we do not focus on that very much. We are also not going to try to celebrate Deshaun as much. But as a football player, this is what we need to kind of talk about because In the real world, I need to talk about Deshaun Watson as a football player. If he does something great, he does something great. Um, Doesn't make me think that he is... uh, Have made changes and strides to to better his situation due to his legal trouble, trouble. But I don't know that for a fact. So the only thing that I can really speculate on is what I see on the football field. So here's what's coming out of Cleveland Browns camp. The offense, which is more of a kind of like a play-action pass type thing, run the football, Stefanski, little dink and dunk passes, has kind of metamorphosized into this kind of hybrid of that and also what Sean likes to do, which is some of the spread capabilities that RPO where he's in the pistol formation, running back is on either side of him, um, three wide receivers. You definitely have to play to the talent you have. You definitely have to um, visualize and conceptualize offensive game plans that is going to, you know, accentuate the talent that you have. If Watson is more comfortable out of the pistol, or if you want to call it the gun, That's what we should be doing. I just hope it works. Okay, I just hope it works. Cleveland fans are long-suffering when it comes to the football. We all know it's well-documented. The Baltimore Ravens are the former Cleveland Browns, and then we got new Cleveland Browns. It's it's a mess. But that fan base deserves a, a winner. Uh, they're in the toughest, one of the toughest divisions in all of football. So, uh, good luck to that fan base and good luck to Deshaun Watson getting acclimated and putting a system and a game plan together with Stefanski that can accentuate the positives that he does have because he does have Amari Cooper. He does have one of the best running backs in the game. And also, um, 
the defense is tight. You know, the defense is looking real, real good. So I'm looking forward to Cleveland Browns football. I'm looking forward to seeing what that offense looks like last year. You know, I look at last year and throw it away. This dude was coming off two years of inactivity. So I can't sit there and be, oh, 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 Sean doesn't know how to play football anymore. He is just absolute trash. No, won't do it. We'll see how it goes, and we will see how it goes. Now, on to the former Browns, who are now the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore brings in a new OC, Munt from Georgia. A lot of accolades come with him. Everybody thinks that he's going to throw the football all around. Uh, you know, it's going to it's going to be a completely new day in Baltimore. And we've also heard they struggle. Now, one of the other things that we talked about, which, again, I will say in this podcast, go back and look, listen to some of the archive pods. When we were really doing the football, one of the things that we had talked about was uh, – Lamar Jackson absolutely leaving the Baltimore Ravens, which I 100% apologize for on this podcast. Go back and check the podcast out. But there was a lot of drama went on. Then all of a sudden, the weapons that we had been crying for, for Lamar Jackson just showed up. Odell Beckham Jr. is now a wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. We've been waiting for Rashad Bateman to get healthy. That is going to be a two-year odyssey, and we still don't know a lot about him. Keep in mind, they have one of the best tight ends in the game in Andrews. And they also have J.K. Dobbins, who hopefully can stay healthy. Remember, the last couple of years, they've just been just absolutely decimated by injury just absolutely destroyed like they had an entire backfield go out like they were down to their fourth string running back at one point and then they went into the drafts and got zay flowers out of boston college i believe they finally have weapons around lamar we will find out what kind of quarterback he is I don't know. I think they're going to get off to a slow start. So if you are a Ravens fan, do not panic. But you might get off to a slow start. And then as they can start to really understand what this offense is really all about and understand the principles and whatever, I think towards the end of the season, you're the team that nobody wants to face. So maybe some adjustments first half of the year, slow start, who knows, but that's what we're looking at. Um, the one thing that I, I would want for the Baltimore Ravens this year is uh, maybe some help at corner. You have Rock Yassin at one of the cornerbacks. Now, when he came out of school, we thought that Rocky Sand was going to be a really good corner in this league. We still have not seen it yet. 
it's still potential. Well, we are on year five now. So I don't know if it's ever going to show up. Marley, Marlon Humphrey is hurt. Now, he was a slot. They were going to move him to the outside. So that was an experiment that I was waiting to see as well. My, game, my man, Ronald Darby season. Ronald Darby is probably proclaiming that it's his year in the uh, cornerback uh, room. <laughs> so, yeah, if I was for the Ravens, I would say my one more thing would be a a, a savvy cornerback that can help, you know, kind of piecemeal that, that defensive backfield together until um, some uh, some of the cavalry arrives because I think Humphrey can come back. They're saying uh, week six or something like that. So that looks like where we're looking for with him. Okay, so finishing off the AFC North, the my one last thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers is this, is that um, I really like what they did. I still think they need their one – more thing is in the offensive line. I I think they're still short there. I know they drafted and brought in free agents to be better in that situation. They did do they did do lose Vernon Hargraves to the San Francisco 49ers, which is crazy. But Pittsburgh always seems to be able to put defenses together. They're always able to put uh, linebacker groups together that come out of nowhere and dudes that have 12 sacks and you're just like, I don't, I don't even know who this is. Well, we shall see. Um, really for the Pittsburgh Steelers, again, it's just cohesion on the offensive line. Uh, hopefully they've drafted correctly and these guys are uh, matches for one another and they can give Pickett, who's going to need time, get him the ability to get to his second and third reads without getting absolutely destroyed. And then my, my bonus, one more thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you please retire those uh bumblebee jail looking uniforms that you bring back every once in a while as a throwback those things are horrific absolutely horrific please throw those away do not ever bring those back ever please do not ever bring those back all right Now we move to the AFC East, which is really uh, another division that is absolutely loaded. It is a division that has a lot of questions. It's a division that should should invoke a lot of wins, a lot of success, even though there are four teams in this division and they're all vying for a playoff spot. So we will start with the Miami Dolphins. The one more thing for the Miami Dolphins is kind of weird, right? Because we saw um, early in the offseason um, as training camp was getting going 
There were uh, speculation rumors in regard to the Dalvin Cook situation. They decided not to go that route. He ended going up with the Jets. We know how that goes. Um, and then the tight end position is another position of area of kind of where I'm kind of going, hmm. They let Gasecki go, which I understand you wanted somebody who could be like an inline blocker and also pass catch. Gasecki is just a pass catcher. He's a glorified slot receiver that is super tall. So, personally, it's for my for Miami. Their one more thing is running back or or tight end. Which one are you gonna do? You gonna get one of the guys? Is Jonathan Taylor on his way? Would South Beach be excited about Jonathan Taylor? Y'all let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or X at FrontRunnerPC. I love their coach. McDaniel is a stud. His game plans are great. He seems to be in that um, that Shanahan style where he's able to get things out of quarterbacks that you just didn't think were there. Critical year for Tua, obviously. Um, I, I hate to even talk about it because it sounds so crass. And it also sounds like very um, dismissive. But I hope that guy has nothing but uh, great success with his health this year. Uh, he had a couple of scary incidents uh, with concussion and concussion protocol. That uh, That situation where he looked like he was petrified on the field where his fingers were all cramped up and he just couldn't move. That was an ugly scene. So I hope that uh, Tua can stay healthy and we can real we can see what this offense can fully realize with a with 16, 17 games from Tua. The next team on our list haha the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. My one thing for the Jets, I mean, what, what, what could they possibly need, Vince? They got Aaron Rodgers. They brought all his pals over. All his old pals came over from Green Bay. What could they possibly need, Vince? I don't know. Two offensive uh, tackles? That's what they probably need is two offensive tackles. Can we get offensive tackles to preserve our 40-year-old franchise quarterback? So Makai Becton, who has had problems with injuries and weight and the whole nine because he's a huge human being. He's like 6'9", damn near 400 pounds. He looks like he's locked in the right tackle position. They said he has done enough to win that position. And then Dwayne Brown on the other side is 38. This is not a great recipe for success when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Also, he is in another place where it's cold. So those hits are a little bit harder 
when it's uh, 32 degrees. Just saying. And our one last thing for the Patriots is this, is that um, there's a couple things. Offensive line help. Offensive line health. Uh, can we send some guys over to Germany and get the LeBron treatment? I don't know. That would be awesome. But their offensive line is in complete disarray right now. There's a bunch of injuries on it. They're mixing and matching and pulling people off waivers. It's a mess in Foxborough right now. Oh, and by the way, we do not have Dante Skarnecchia in the building anymore. That's not great. Listen, Bill has been a wizard. He's been a sorcerer for years now. It's a question that I ask, and people think that I'm trying to get clickbaits and, and things of that nature, but I'm not. I'm going to ask the question. Are we starting to see the decline of Bill Belichick? Are we starting to see the end? Now, people will say, well, Kraft will never let him go. He wants him to get the uh, record in, you know, Don Shuler's win record as a Patriot coach. I honestly do not agree with that. And I believe that if Belichick had a subpar year this year, which it could happen, I could see that team easily going 7-10 and 10, as easy as I can see them going 9-8. and eight. But if it's a 7-10 and 10 and it looks bad, it looks like the defense doesn't know what it's doing. And the offense looks like it's in disarray. Maybe maybe they don't fire him. But I believe the whispers would get louder. That's my thought. I actually think they would fire him personally. So. So help for the offensive line to see what Matt can do with a actual offensive coordinator. They replaced Matt Patricia with Bill O'Brien, which usually you would sit there and go, Bill O'Brien, that doesn't sound like young, hip, you know, offensive coordinator dude. But compared to what they had last year, this is like going from an iPhone 4 to an iPhone 14 Pro Max. So... We do have a, a actual offensive coordinator who's actually called plays calling the offense, which is great. So we're good there. Now it's time to see if they can do anything with through the waiver wire or one of these vets that maybe lost their starting job to one of the uh, young guys or whatever. Maybe they can kind of um, mix and match a uh, offensive line that is able to sustain a 17-game season. <laughs> Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills. There's a couple things with the Buffalo Bills. One, all-world talent, Josh Allen, quarterback, uh, I think that Josh Allen himself 
Now, obviously, quarterbacks don't get wins all by themselves, so please don't sit there and just take this and run away with it. But Josh Allen, to me, is 11 victories onto himself. Just him showing up, being present, and being able to suit up and actually play, play football allows me to look at the Buffalo Bills and go 11 and 6. Like, that's the start. That's just like, that's their floor, right? And then everything goes up from there. But Josh Allen, another productive year. We're kind of looking for the same thing this year. Stephon Diggs is back. Um, they got Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Keep a, a lookout. And this is my little fantasy tip of the day. Um, what I have noticed is that people are starting to pick up on Dalton Kincaid. So if you were thinking maybe kind of sliding him through on like the last round or next to last round, and let's say you're at this kind of start of the draft or at the end of the draft, you might want to think about getting Kincaid on the turn. You know, if you have a snake draft, you might get, need to get him around early just to kind of sneak him in if you believe in the talent. Now, I only I only say that is that if you're a fantasy owner that really believes in the kid and, and all the things that Buffalo is going to do with him. Because here's the thing. He is a he's not a he's a tight end by position. He's more of a slot dude, runs crisp routes, has great catch radius, very consistent hands, but he don't block. That's not his deal. So keep that in mind when you are on your fantasy teams and trying to go through your drafts this year, I would look at him as a late-round pick, but also a lot of people are starting to hone in on him as a late-round pick. So you might have to pop up one extra round if you really believe in the kid. I tell you right now, if you don't, if you're thinking like, oh, I just need to grab a tight end, just wait. But if you are kind of if you're kind of honing in on Kincaid, Know that there are a couple smart guys in your league that are also honing in on Kincaid, and they might snipe you in the round that you're looking for. So you might have to go around early on them. So my one last thing for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> uh, wow, there was something we were talking about. I wish I could talk about it here, but we'll see. Um, interior pass rush will be nice. Now, I know everybody, oh, they got Ed Oliver. Well, are we excited about Ed Oliver and his uh, 14 and a half career sacks that he's put up in four seasons? Is that is is that where the excitement is coming from? Because unless he found some sort of secret juice that makes him like, really great at football, I think Ed Oliver is what he's going to be. You do re, you do get reconnected with Von Miller. Now, also, he's coming off the injury. So, 
are we going to kind of put him on a um, a snap count? Maybe. Keep in mind that was the actual plan going into last year, and Vaughn didn't like that plan. And as soon as they started ramping him up and playing him a lot more, is when he got hurt. So my thing is, <clears throat> they also traded Boogie Basham to the Giants, uh, former's former second round pick in twenty twenty one to the Giants for a late round pick. So here's a team that's in flux on the defensive side, but they still got Josh Allen, uh, and I still think as Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the AFC East, they still reign as the absolute favorite in the AFC East. Personally, to me. Um, now I've made my decisions and we're going to talk about that in one second, what, what we're doing for the rest of the week and what we're doing going into next week, leading up to the first football game of the season, Detroit, Kansas city, Thursday night, everybody's going to be there. I'm not going to be there, but I got a 75 inch TV and that's where I'll be. Right. So with that being said, um, this is what we're looking at for the rest of the week. We've gotten our one more thing of overview out of the way for the divisions, which is great. And now what we're going to head into is who's going to win the divisions? Who are going to the playoffs? And who ultimately is going to end up being in the Super Bowl? Other things to look forward to. We should have a betting um, arm to this podcast, and that will start next week. We'll do more fantasy coming up on Friday a little bit as we start to see who who else is getting picked up from some of these uh these wait, these uh, these transactions that have gone on in the last couple of days, we'll start to figure out what the you know the fifty-three man rosters are set. But there's always little tweaks and whatever that goes on in the last couple of days, and they have a whole week until football is being played. So we're going to see a lot of movement transactions, and if anything is really really worth talking about, we will hit it here on FRPC. Now, the last couple other pieces of news, we, like I said, we will have a podcast on Friday. Normally that, I don't know why I say normally, it is not normal. What we are trying to do is that that would normally be a Friday conversation podcast. It will be a football podcast for my basketball fans that are out there and saying, Vince, what happened to the basketball? What happened to the hoop? What happened to all the stuff that's going on? Well, two things. Listen to the last pod, the very last pod that I put out, because there's some there's some basketball hidden on the second in the second part of the pod. Okay, so I kind of gave you a bonus pod inside a basketball pod, a little Easter egg for you. Then there are there's more basketball coming. Now that the FIBA thing is getting to a point where we're getting to the metal round and whatever the case may be. 
and we're getting closer to training camp, we will start keeping you up on all the news and know that Mondays usually are basketball. Now, this Monday, it might be some basketball with football, or they could be two separate podcasts. I will make that decision as we get to it. But Mondays usually are for basketball. We are going to get back to that. It might start after week one of the football season. Uh, We will also Friday talk a lot about college football. I've been holding off on realignment talk because I wanted to talk about it with Nico and how uh, it's a, you know, it's not affected me, but as somebody who's been watching college football for a very, very long time, I've been on this planet for a half a century now, which is very long. Uh, I think that it's important to go back and look at the history and, and see why these games meant so much to us, right? So I look forward to doing something like that on Friday. Uh, and again, we are sending out congratulations to the newest married couple, Nico Miatello. And for the first time on this podcast, I can say, the new wife of Nico Miatello, Mrs. Shannon Miatello. Congratulations, hearty congratulations to the married couple. Um, we look to have a lot of updates from Nico soon on the wedding and all of what has gone on. So I can't wait for that. And uh, again, man, I just thank you guys for hanging out. I love talking about sports. It's such a passion of mine. Um, And one of the reasons why we didn't do it on Monday, we had some technical difficulties. There was stuff going on. There was um, just, we had construction over the weekend and everything. It was just crazy here. So it just wasn't conducive to doing a pod on Monday. So I do apologize about that. Well, we are back, and here we go. So you guys have a good rest of your week. I will definitely be back here on on this feed on Friday. If something breaks and it's worthy for us to do an emergency pod, we might do that. Um, But it would have to be big for us to do it tomorrow. And then that's it. You know, that's it. That's The pod is pretty much done. Oh, catch up with us on socials, um, on Twitter, at FrontRunnerPC, um, at NicoFRPC. Remember that we have a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is about to blow up. I have, like, clips that I have from, like, a couple previous podcasts that I need to put up, plus what I'm doing today. So we will have a lot of activity going on on the YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe and turn on that notification bell and hit the likes so you know your boy can start doing bigger things with the podcast, you know what I'm saying. Also, if you are a listener to the podcast, thank you and congratulations because you're listening to a great podcast. The other thing is this, make sure to follow 
make sure to rate and review because those things are important to us, to the numbers, when we go out and look for sponsorship. And yes, I will try to make the commercials or whatever, the reads, entertaining. I think you can do a live read, integrate the product into the podcast, say the product name four or five times so they feel like not only am I getting like a 30-second blip, but they're working into the podcast and I'm getting two minutes of advertising. So there are a lot of things that are coming up with that, which I'm excited about. But uh, yeah, if you rate and review, the closer we get to sponsorship, uh, bigger things, this turns into a, a, a green screen behind me, all that sort of stuff. Um, we can start doing things like um, uh, the other thing. What's the thing that I want to do? Oh, I wanted to give out merch and swag. You know, I wanted to have t-shirts and stuff and polos and hoodies and cups, you know, and stuff like that with the logos on them. So as you guys support us, you know, we can get these things out and roll it out to you guys. And that is what I kind of want to do. So now that you know all the plans of what we're trying to do, you need to get with it. Tell a friend, tell a family member, uh, tell a significant other, um, tell somebody you maybe you don't like, you know, say, hey, listen to this podcast. It's awesome. And then you guys become friends. And then guess what? Then no more enemies. Everything is all love because that's what we're trying to build here. A lovely community throughout the whole world that brings us together with what? Sports. Hoops, football, tech, maybe some Marvel. Who the hell knows? We all don't know. It's dare to dream time in the Carter household. So I'm done rambling. That's what I've done for the last five minutes. You guys have a great week. I will see you back on this feed on Friday. And deuces. <laughs>